Welcome back to Pastronauts, the podcast that has collected the greatest minds that are not scientists, but experts in time travel. All three of the uh, fellow Pastronauts are here, and this week we're going to do the time travel heist draft, which uh, we've been able to come up with some rules for. But before we do that, um, just a quick word from each of you guys on uh, what you think uh, or what you uh, had thought about for any uh, rules that we want to impose or anything like that. Um, I'll start with you, Todd. I thought it would be to, uh, in order to keep it interesting, that we wouldn't cross over our choices for each of the different categories. So once you use up a a, a film or a different genre uh, to fill in one of those categories, you you couldn't revert back to it and use it again. So it kind of forced you into a situation where you had to be a little bit more creative. So I, I thought that would be an appropriate rule. If there's anybody I know that knows more about fantasy drafts, I can't think of who it would be. So Ralph, do you have any uh, thoughts on uh, fantasy sports crossing over with this? Yeah, well, uh, thank you for pointing out that I am a perennial third place finisher in all my fantasy leagues. Uh, so, yeah, who's going to get the number one pick or how did did we pull names out of a hat? Did we so, discuss that? So I can tell you what my process was later uh, and you'll be happy with the results. Um, and I'm going to check in with Tress here first just to see if he had any stipulations or rules of how we progress with this. So this can go outside of just film and I would assume television. It can go into books and other mediums oh yeah they, they uh, hadn't really thought of that my initial when i sent the email to you guys my thought was pick something from a time travel media whether it's comic books uh movies tv shows whatever and there was a little bit of conversation of can we go outside of time travel related things and so i hadn't really thought about that so i'm interested to see which direction all you guys take it but for, as far as selection order I put our names in a random generator by alphabetical order and then had it spit out a new list. So the order in which we'll be going is Ralph, Tress, myself, and then Todd will be last. However, one of the popular ways to do a fantasy draft is what they call the snake draft. So if you pick last, then you also pick first and the next round we go back the other order. So uh, Todd will pick fourth, but he will also pick fifth. So that's a chance to really build his, uh, build his team out. The four categories that we're going to pick from a partner in crime, a scientist, the time machine itself, and then what heist would be complete without picking a MacGuffin. So, uh, do any of you guys want to define a MacGuffin for our purposes? I'll be honest. I had to look that up and I'm <laughs> still not sure I got it right. So explain. <laughs> Someone was talking to uh, Hitchcock about it, and he said, it might be from a Scottish name taken from a story about two men on a train. One man says, what's that package up there in the baggage rack? And the other answers, oh, that's a MacGuffin. The first one asked, what's a MacGuffin? Well, the other man says, it's an apparatus for trapping lions in the Scottish Highlands. The first man says, but there are no lions in the Scottish Highlands. And the other one answers, well, then that's no MacGuffin. So you see a MacGuffin is nothing at all. So I think that probably... Clouds the definition more than it answers. <laughs> it's really MacGuffin is basically you can exchange it with anything. Like if you had an art heist, you could be stealing the Mona Lisa. You could be stealing a Van Gogh. You could be stealing uh, this, the Michelangelo's David. Like it doesn't matter. The, it's the object that you're going for, but it doesn't impact the story in any way whatsoever. You're just going for that item. 
probably one of the best examples would be in Pulp, Pulp Fiction. They have a, a briefcase, and you never find out what's in it, <laughs> but it drives okay. the plot for the whole movie. <laughs> so. Sure. Right. So, Aaron, what are the categories going to, uh, what category goes first or does it matter? Are we going to, you can pick from any of them. So that puts a little bit more strategy into it. You can like, you might pick a time machine first cause you want the best time machine, but then, uh, someone else might pick their scientist to make up for the fact that you got the time machine they wanted, et cetera. So, yeah. Uh, and just, just for the listeners, once we put together our team, that's who we're going to either time travel with not time travel with or just hang out in the living room with i mean is how does how does it work is it are the, are the well, fans the gonna vote you're, you're on a time heist to steal yeah. this MacGuffin of which you have chosen as your goal so you're it's kind of it's kind of oceans 11 except you're picking two you're picking two people you think we need one more okay we'll get one more on that reference to Ocean's Eleven, which I knew Todd would have, we're going to go uh, with Ralph, as we said, number one pick. All right. So I'm going to go with some not so obvious picks here. And because I didn't know I was going to get the number one pick, but I'm going to choose my partner. Uh, I'm choosing Principal Strickland from Back to the Future. Oh, wow. uh, so yeah, yeah. Not an obvious choice. Here are my reasons. He's no nonsense. Uh, he has a gun and he doesn't deal with slackers. And I feel like during the time heist, it's all business, you know? I figured that there'd be a lot of choices from uh, Back to the Future that we'd all want because that's the, the perennial favorite, but... I like the way you took it in a different direction. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not an aggressive or violent person, so I need that other side uh, for the time heist. So I think it okay. was I think I made a good pick. Yeah, that is a solid choice. Uh, so that takes us to Tress. Which uh, which category did you go with first? Uh, I guess the professor, um, which I'm going to assume is probably okay if it's like not strictly a professor. Is that safe to say? I like it can be. When I came up with the category, I was thinking just someone who can do general time machine repair or explain things on a chalkboard when you need to analyze how you've messed something up. Uh, but it's open to interpretation. So you tell, you give us your reasons. Okay. So probably my favorite time travel movie that's not Back to the Future is Bill and Ted. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the first movie. And my favorite character is Rufus and he kind of plays the role of the professor because he explains everything. But um, yeah, I just, that's the, that's what I came up with. And I, I really like uh, George Carlin. So okay. really funny. well, it took us two picks and one's already been stolen because uh, I actually had Rufus on my list, but in the other mm -hmm. category as a partner based on time travel experience, I'm going to pick from all the Harry Potter movies, but specifically Harry Potter three, where she's in charge of the time travel is Hermione Granger as my partner. Uh, she's incredibly intelligent, knows all her magic, um, has good control of the time turner. Um, so it seems like, and also going back to Ralph, she's a very no nonsense person. Cause I know that if I'm time traveling, I'm going to be goofing off. Um, so I think that that's a, that's a good uh, balance for me. To, for who I would pick. Well, good choice. All right, Todd, you get, uh, you get to double up. I, I can I can give my pick for any of the categories, right? Yep, you can any category you want. All right, so this one is probably I'm I'm going to go with scientist at this point, 
And I'm going to start there because it probably has the longest explanation. And the reason is, is because I didn't choose from a strictly time travel film. Uh, I'll give you the individual I'm thinking of, and then I'll try and defend it a little bit with your permission. Uh, the scientist I chose is the character Nikola Tesla, based on the actual Nikola Tesla, from the film The Prestige. Okay. And the reason why, now even though The Prestige is not a time travel movie per se, he does... Uh, act as the scientist type of character that makes the uh, ultimate uh, illusion happen in that film. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar with the film, and uh, if either of you are, or the, the benefit of the listeners, uh, it's a film about uh, the turn of the last century and two rival musicians who constantly try to either sabotage or outdo each other. And uh, one of the magicians, without giving the plot or, or the, the ending away uh, is able to perform a transported person illusion uh, because of their personal circumstances that makes it uh, possible for them to do it. And this baffles the other magician until he seeks the help of Nikola Tesla. He travels to the United States and uh, Tesla is able to, through the use of science, transport this person via an apparatus. And so I think any scientist in 1902 who can invent a device by which you can immediately teleport somebody would be somebody who could be a good ally uh, in, in initiating your time travel adventure. Give him a hundred year, more years of technology and advancement. If you had him now, that's exactly. Well, it's it's the it's the old adage that if you have time travel in any time period, you have it in every time period. Yeah, it doesn't matter, you know. So, uh, and and I like to pull from from you know antiquity like that, uh, more recent antiquity. So, so I lean toward that time period anyway. So that would be my choice, Nikola Tesla. Okay. Um, and then, as we said, there, we're going to uh, rope back around in reverse now with our picks. So uh, you get to, to pick another category here. My partner would be from the, the, from the book 11-22-63, and it would be the character of George Amberson, or, or Jake Epping, as his, his real name is. And the, the way that I arrived at that choice was I had to look at the type of person who I would want, obviously, uh, on my team. And this is probably someone who's time traveled before. And so I broke that down into two categories. You can see the mythology of my mind and how it operates and how scary it is. But you can look at them either as a, a reluctant time traveler or an intentional time traveler. So someone who's, who's fallen or stumbled into this or someone who intentionally went back. So, so if you look under the, the reluctant time travelers, you've got uh, Back to the Future, Marty McFly. He stumbled back in time and, and had to get his way out. Phil in Groundhog Day, who's stuck in this time loop and trying to get out. Things like this. There's people that have fallen into it and, and have to figure their way out. But there are also other people that have intentionally gone back in time with a purpose. And so I wanted to choose from that category. And, and I divided that category into two subcategories where they are an experienced time traveler or a novice time traveler. So uh, intentional time travelers who would be on the novice character would be uh, Richard Collier in Somewhere in Time, who's intentionally gone back in time, but it's his first time. Or, or if you look at the team from Avengers Endgame, they're intentionally going back in time, but they've never done this before. You know, they're trying to figure it out. But there are experienced time travelers that have done it with the intent of doing it and have become experienced at it. And, and Jake Epping uh, or George Emerson 
who had to live in the past for over five years uh, and has come become adept with the the pitfalls of being a future person living in the past and has circumvented that and come to make that their way of life. That's the type of person I would need on my team to to pull this off because they know what they're doing in the past and they know what the past is like. All right. So I guess that brings it around to me. It wouldn't be a podcast without me mentioning the Avengers. And I have picked for my scientist, Iron Man himself, Tony Stark. Oh, there you go. Solid choice. While he was not the one who directly created the technology, seeing how he incorporated technology from a rival in order to adapt it with his own technology. And the fact that he just, if, if there's going to be somebody like you're going to need somebody to make some witty comments along the way. And there's really not too many better people you can name that have the, the brains and the comedy chops that Tony Stark has. Tress, what's up with you for the next choice? I'm going to choose my partner and I chose probably one of my favorite uh, characters in literature and film. Um, and that's Sherlock Holmes. But I like Sherlock Holmes. I've always been fascinated with his intellect and I would definitely want him as a partner to help me do whatever we got to do. So that was my top choice for a partner. I think that's good because uh, besides the fact that he's one of the world's most famous detectives, but um, I like your your ability to find that kind of, it's not really a loophole, but um, Sherlock Holmes is one of those characters that's just become so famous and is in enough of the public domain at this point that yes. he's been used in everything in every imaginable way. Yeah. There's a exactly. version of him as well. So um, I did try to think outside the box cause I didn't want to come up with the same thing as anybody else. So well, mine are all kind of off. Good way to make sure that you have a pick that nobody else is going to take on their first, uh, their first attempt. So, you know, there's another rule at this point that we could enact, and that's you can't choose two characters that were both played by Robert Downey Jr. So <laughs> you can't have Robert Downey Jr. on a team twice. You know? <laughs> so either Holmes or Tony Stark, one of them's got to go. I like that Robert Downey Jr. only plays highly observant, intelligent people. He wasn't Bill or Ted. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so I have a question, Aaron. Remind me, since I chose Principal Strickland for my partner, Am I not allowed to choose any other Back to the Future universe items or people? Correct. So my time travel machine is going to be Homer Simpson's time traveling toaster from the Treehouse of Horror, number five, episode name, Time and Punishment. Uh, and I can relate to Homer. I'm not going to be the smartest time traveler out there, so I don't need to mess with dates or gigawatts or whatever 1.21 whatever i just need the one lever and wherever i go i go so i'm choosing the toaster it's a good pick of something that was uh out there that was an, like something anybody could have easily seen it's not from an obscure movie or anything no it, it's like the uh, apple devices of time traveling uh, machines though right it's just got <laughs> <laughs> one button on it yeah so let me know if this is the right MacGuffin. And if it isn't, then I'll come up with something else oh, and you can edit this I out. I like that you're going this direction because nobody has selected No, it. because I'm still, I, I'm still not even sure what it is. <laughs> well, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with, um, with the infinity stones from Endgame. Uh -huh. Oh, I well, figure, actually, right. 
if I had not picked Tony Stark, that was on my list. That's uh, okay. Because they're shiny. They're a lot of fun to gather and collect. And, and that's a lot of power. I think I'm a pretty responsible human. I'm probably just going to put them in my sock drawer once I get them and not mess with the fate of the world. So infinity stones. Excellent choice. Good safe spot for them too. No one would think to look there. Yeah, make, make sure you put some lead lining in your sock drawer. Before. <laughs> They're pretty powerful. I know some people that should do that anyway. All right. So that brings us back around to Tress. So I was thinking about time travel stories and I realized we talked a little bit about, you know, HG Wells wrote the time machine, but the whole concept of time travel has existed before that in stories and literature. And I thought of uh, a Christmas Carol, which has been done so many different times. I mean, this is just a total side note, but like with, with sci-fi technology is kind of the, you know, obviously the machine that helps drive the plot forward, but in fantasy it's magic of some type. Um, and so I think I would rather have something that was more magical because technology is limited by whatever era the story takes place. But if you had magic, you essentially can do whatever you want. So which category would that, the ghost would be technically as the machine? A machine. Yeah. Cause they're the ones that are able to, to take him back into the past and into the future as well. That's a good creative interpretation of the rules. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it, Tress, because you're, you're expanding what this is all about. And like Aaron said, rules are meant to be broken. Right. Well, and still, I mean, we talked about it for the entire last episode of like, we don't even know the rules of time travel yet. There's so many different versions. So, and why are we in charge? Yeah. So, we, <laughs> as Hod mentioned earlier, Groundhog Day. That's another like, is that time travel? It's a pretty gray area there. So, I think that was a good way for uh, for Tress to find a, a useful uh, selection in there. I like. I was going to add, if I have to be specific, I would choose the taxi cab driver from uh, Scrooge, who <laughs> 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 would take us in his taxi. So. Oh, that's good. That's kind of a machine as well. So it's pretty, yeah, it's I'm magic. The ghost. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that's my favorite Christmas movie. So yeah, and it's a, <laughs> it's it's the same story, just a different version of the exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that works really well, I think. I'm gonna go with a MacGuffin as well. Mine is actually super super obscure, but it's for anybody that played. 90s CD-ROM games on their computer called the Journeyman Project. And they ended up making about three of them. But the premise of the game is basically like all 90s CD-ROM games where you click on the screen until you find the thing or solve the puzzle or do whatever and you move to the next. So it was basically like a much shorter time travel version of Myst. The One of the first missions that you go on using the Project Pegasus time machine, which is this giant centrifuge basically that you go into is you go back to 25 million BC and they have a historical log disc that looks like this giant laser disc. And what they did was they recorded all of human history and put it on that disc, went to 25 million BC and hid it in a cave, uh, locked up in a safe. And the thought was because it's in 25 million BC, that prevents any time changes that may happen if someone goes back to 1955 or whatever year makes a time change it will ripple forward but the disc will remain in 25 million bc so it takes a little bit of logic bending to make that work because if you're following the back to the future rules obviously 
it would still flow forward because you're following that time. I thought that was a really interesting thought behind that. And so the historical log disc from that game seemed like the perfect MacGuffin because it will, it, it would enable you to perform any further missions you wanted to go on or any further heists. And you'll have the log to compare if you've uh, jacked up the space time continuum or not. And that's deep, Aaron. Where can I get one of these CD ROMs you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they have them at half price books next to the eight tracks. <laughs> so after me that we got back to uh, Todd again here, right? So I'm going to go with the machine. And my thought process was very similar to Trace in the way that I came up with what I wanted to do because I split it, you know, my, my categories or, or my, my options up into natural or supernatural uh, versus mechanical means of, of time travel. I think the, the time travel stories I'm more drawn to are the ones where it's a natural form or, a, or even a supernatural form of time travel. For instance, somewhere in time, the, the main character wills himself back in time. Uh, or 11-22-63, he finds this naturally occurring time hole. Or the one that I chose uh, for, for my, my time travel came from Midnight in Paris, in which uh, the, the protagonist, Gil, um, uses a, an antique car to travel through time that just magically appears at the stroke of midnight in, in one of the back alleys of Paris. Uh, and it's a 1928 Peugeot. And so to steal the line, why not do it with some style? So uh, I think it would be great to have a, a gorgeous 1928 Peugeot Landolette pull up and uh, we all get in and then we're off and running. And then uh, I guess this brings us to your final pick to round out your group. Well, to finish up with my theme of, of that time period, that era, that kind of, of look of the past, uh, we're going to go back and we are going to steal the Orient Express. Because what represents uh, the opulence and elegance of a bygone era uh, and, and uh, what other type of, of object uh, embodies uh, such romance and, and mystery and intrigue and, and has been the plot device for, for everything from Agatha Christie and Hercule Poirot to James Bond is the Orient Express, so why not? Now, I don't know what we do with it once we've got it. You know, I'll ring the bell or blow the whistle or something, but, you know. <laughs> now, had you selected uh, Doc Brown, that could become your next time machine. And that would be appropriate, too. It certainly uh, wouldn't fit in my sock drawer, though. All right, so I'll round out my team. I had not picked the time machine yet. And uh, just because it's still on the table here in the last round, it'd be foolish not to select the DeLorean. But specifically, I would want the Back to the Future 2 DeLorean as it's the flying version. When I made my Lego DeLorean from the, the kit, they actually give you the bricks you can make the one with the train wheels from number three, you can make the wheels that slide under as if it's flying from number two or the classic. Um, and if you make number two, the one from number two, it actually even has the Mr. Fusion you can put on the back. So they covered it perfectly. So of course I made the one from back to the future Two, which is probably my favorite time travel movie because I, my favorite part of all the time travel stuff is when someone sees a previous event in their lives where they are in it 
and they have to avoid themselves or they see it from a different point of view. Um, that's why I liked the one, the scene in, um, uh, Harry Potter three, where they're watching themselves from earlier in the day. Um, I love the stuff in Endgame where they go back to the original Avengers movie and they're seeing themselves. They know what they're going to do. Um, that's my favorite in any time travel movie. Those are the scenes. So, uh, back to the future two seemed like it had the most of those, uh, from the trilogy. So I had to pick something off the list from, uh, the back to the future series when it got down to close out my, my perfect time heist. So that's the one I'll go with is, uh, like, tr- like Todd said, I'm going to do it in style. That takes us to, uh, Tress to close out his team. So for the MacGuffin, um, yeah, this one took me a long time to think about. Um, but the one that I came up with was, uh, from Terminator two, which has a lot of time travel in it. One of the things they have to destroy in the second movie, I don't know if you've seen them in a while, I only like the first two, is there's the arm that's left over from the first Terminator that survives and becomes a prototype that you know, I think one of the scientists finds and ex- essentially accelerates Skynet from, you know, obviously taking over. So my McGuffin would be that arm, just trying to get it and then preventing any of the other things from happening. So... Well, good for you for picking that one because I actually had it on my list for a short time and I was like, oh, I would have to explain how the time travel and Terminator works and it is so confusing and I haven't seen it for a while that I was like, no, it's not worth it. So (laughs) (laughs) Well, the rest of the Terminator movies, they just keep messing with the timeline and I don't know, I kind of lost interest after a while, but really just the first two are my favorite, so... So, Ralph, you're going to close us out here. Uh, what do you have? I'm going to choose my scientist now, and I'm going to go with Lucy Preston from the show Timeless, played by the lovely Abigail Spencer. She's oh, like yeah. this. Yes. She's a, <laughs> she's, she's a genius professor, history professor at Stanford. Uh, and she'd be useful because she knows how we should dress when we go back to these different periods, help us master the local vernacular, and she would counterbalance um, uh, Principal Strickland. I ran this by my wife, and she says it should not matter, so don't at me, but she's easy on the eyes. I want to change all of my choices to Lisa Preston. Like, <laughs> we just do that. She, she <laughs> you just want a team of team. four. Well, I got her with the last pick, too. She's one of those like draft picks that you see. How did she fall down to that number? And, you know, it's amazing that she did. And I'm glad I got her. Ralph, if you could just run down your lineup, we're going to go through everybody and get their lineup real quick. My partner is Principal Strickland from Back to the Future. Uh, My scientist is Lucy Preston from Timeless. My time traveling machine is Homer's uh, Simpsons time traveling toaster. And my MacGuffin is R, the Infinite Stones from Endgame. Tress, what's your lineup look like? So my partner is Sherlock Holmes. Uh, The scientist is Rufus from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The machine is the ghost who takes us in uh, his taxi cab from Scrooged. And we are uh, on our way to get the leftover Terminator arm from Terminator 2. Todd? Uh, My scientist is Nikola Tesla. We're taking a 1928 Peugeot back in time with George Amberson. Uh, with the candlestick in the uh, ballroom. Uh, no, and we're stealing the Orient Express. Awesome. All right, awesome. I will uh, go through mine really quick, is that uh, my partner is Hermione Granger, uh, along with Tony Stark as my scientist. 
we will be taking the DeLorean to steal the historical log disc from the classic CD-ROM game Journeyman Project. That's going to bring us to a close for this one. And uh, we'll catch you in another time and another place. See you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. The Pastronauts podcast is recorded in multiple time zones simultaneously. No paradoxes, intentional or otherwise, were created at any point during its production. This is a reminder, we are not scientists, so please time travel carefully. If after this warning you still elect to take a time voyage, you might as well do it in style. But please avoid interactions with yourself or family members, and don't forget to wash your hands. 